Welcome to another edition of the VLGA Connect Summer Series Best Of Collection, where we're looking back at some of our more memorable episodes from the 2021 season. This year, the Environment Protection Authority in Victoria got a new CEO. His name is Lee Mises, and Lee joined me on the program to talk about his background and the new legislative environment in which the EPA is working with its stakeholders, including local government. Hello and welcome to a special edition of VLGA Connect, where we're going to get to know uh, a member of the public sector a little bit better, the new CEO of the Environmental uh, Protection Authority, Lee Mises. Hi, Lee. Great to join you today. Good to have you with us. I think I put an AL on the end of environment there that I shouldn't have. The EPA <laughs> is much easier, That's much right. easier to say. Welcome to the program and to the role. How long have you been in the CEO positions thus far? Yeah, well, I started sort of as interim CEO in uh, in February this year. So um, been with the organisation now just over six months. And where have you come from prior to this, Lee? Because you, you've been around the public sector for a while, haven't you? I have. I've been with the Victorian public sector since about 2005. So prior to that was in, in New South Wales. But um, look, most recently was it was the CEO of Bushfire Recovery Victoria. So had the great honour and, and privilege of really standing up that, that organisation to support communities across across eastern Victoria that were really impacted by by those those horrific fires of, of the 1920 summer and then prior to bushfire recovery um, was a deputy secretary within the Department of Environment Land Water and Planning so um, led the the uh, land management uh, fire and emergency management and then all of the regional kind of delivery for for, for DELP for, for a number of years. How do you feel all of that experience has prepared you for the role that you're in now, heading up the EPA? Yeah, I think a couple of things I, I, I draw on. Um, certainly a, a strong sense of place. So all of the roles that I've had have had that strong sense of place and, and, and really supporting and, and encouraging place-based leadership around you know, particular challenges, whether they're, they're environmental or pollution and waste challenges like in the EPA or whether it's about recovering from, from a bushfire. I think that's, that strong sense of place, that strong appreciation of community and local leadership and how government enables and, and supports that rather than, than kind of gets in the way or, or, or or dictates or tells communities how to do things. I think our job, and I see my job, as really supporting communities um, to achieve their aspirations. Now, of course, as a regulator, that that becomes a bit differently different. But I think that the the, the fundamentals of of you know working with community to solve important problems um, is what I've sort of brought with me through through many roles. How challenging was that bushfire recovery role, Lee? Because I, I, I can just imagine some of the uh, some of the issues you would have had to deal with could have been quite confronting. Working in recovery uh, is is you're exactly right. It's incredibly confronting, but at the same time, it, it is incredibly rewarding. And I think the challenges uh, for me of really standing up the organisation but delivering services to, to impacted communities was was challenging. Then, of course, made all the more challenging by, by COVID. So I kind of it was a bit akin to building the plane and flying it at the same time, if you like. Um, but then having to recruit and stand up an organisation almost entirely remotely. So you know there was a number of people. Um, even over the 12 months or just over 12 months I was with BRV that I hadn't never met in person. Um, but I did have the benefit. I, I live in regional Victoria. So whilst there was sort of, um, you know, restrictions on the movement of, of people in Melbourne, I was able to go region to region. So we're still able to kind of connect with our regional teams, connect with, with local communities, which I think made all the difference through, through that recovery journey. 
Extraordinary times indeed. And of course, we're experiencing more of that at the moment. You've, you've taken on a new role. Where's your focus uh, in the short to medium term in uh, heading up the EPA? Yeah, I, I think a couple of things. Obviously, the organisation um, really for the past five years has been very focused on transforming and getting ready for new legislation to, to come into effect. Um, it's been a big focus. It's been some great work and, of course, culminated in, in the commencement of the new Environment Protection Act on, on, 27, in 20, on 1st of July, sorry, this year. Mm. Now, for, for me, um, it, it's really reorientating the organisation in a lot of ways from, from transforming and getting ready to really delivering under the new Act and, 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 and continuous improvement. This is new. It's quite fundamental shift in, in EPA and, and its operations as, as our focus change, changes from, if you like, reacting or responding to the impacts of pollution and waste to, to a, 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 what is a world leading preventative based um, regulatory regime. So we get in there, we work with industry, we work with our partners, and we look to prevent those, those incidents from happening um, you know, up front. So it is, it is a fundamental shift from the, uh, in, the, in the legal framework, the regulatory framework, which requires a fundamental shift in how, how we work as, a, as an organisation. So, so that's a big focus for me, getting the organisation really set up for success. We, we've got an ambition to be that world-class regulator, world-leading leading regulator that, that really makes use of, of the powers that, that we asked for as an organisation and the community said we needed as an organisation mm. to, deliver, to deliver great, great outcomes. So internally, that's the focus. Externally, of course, similar um, new, new duties, new responsibilities for, for industries, for co-regulators, um, supporting them, uh, building that knowledge base and ultimately lifting the performance to achieve those good environmental outcomes. It does sound like a fundamental shift in approach, and you mentioned that it's world-leading. How, how do we come to be in this, this place in Victoria where we're trying something so radically different in this space? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, it often take, takes a bit of a, you know, the government's to be pretty brave to make the bold, the bold shift that has in, in this law. And I think um, my observation would be seeing the real benefit that, that occurred in the occupational health and safety space where, where a duties-based framework was put in there almost over a decade. And, and you know, real improvements in, in safety outcomes um, across all industries and really applying that principle to the, to the environment. You know, we have seen, unfortunately, over a long time, you know, and, and EPA has been dealing and continues to deal with some of the, the, the ramifications of you know, illegal activity, um, whether that's stockpiling of waste, whether it's um, illegal dumping of, of chemicals. Um, you know, we're continually sort of focused on responding to those issues and can really only act when those issues occur. You know, that's how the, the, 27, uh, the 1970 Act, sorry, was set up. Um, I think learning from the benefits in occupational health and safety, learning from, you know, that old adage, you know, prevention is, is kind of better than cure, um, getting up front, working with industry, lifting performance, and, and it's everyone's role, right? We've all got a role in protecting the environment. Um, we've all got a role in making sure of our, our, our communities are safe, public, you know, our public health um, standards are high. So 
I, I think it's it's a, it's a pretty brave move, but it, but it makes sense. And I reckon I'll be very surprised if, if other EPAs um, around the nation and even internationally don't follow suit pretty quickly. Uh, you'd have to give yourself some time to see whether this is proving uh, successful by however you measure it, because you've got some pretty wicked problems in existence that you're obviously not going to solve with a preventative approach because they're already there. So for a period of time, would I be right in, in guessing you're, you're going to have to have a two-pronged approach to those issues? Absolutely. Well, well, I said, you know, new duties, new responsibilities. Um, it's about educating. It's about lifting that that, that performance standard. But it, it, it goes without saying that that, that deliberate or criminal um, non-compliance, those criminal behaviours that we see, you know, will go very hard at, at, at those issues. So, um, you know, it's about, I think it's about being proportionate in the type of act of, of, in our approach mm. as, a, as a regulator. So educating and supporting where it's appropriate, but where we do see that criminal, that, you know, really deliberate behaviours, then, you know, we've got new powers, bigger fines, bigger sanctions, and, and we will use them where we need to. Lee, from a local government perspective, I know you've signed an MOU with the MAV um, and local government is an important stakeholder for the EPA, always has been. How do you see the relationship changing, if at all, under this new legislative uh, environment that we now have? Well, the relationship with, with EPA and, and local government is kind of twofold. In, in one way, you know, local government is a duty holder um, and we regulate a number of council activities um, you know, landfills, waste facilities, um, you know, construction activities. And, you know, there, there are new obligations that the, that the Act places on, on local government. So, you know, like other industries, we'll, we'll work with, with local government to, so that it understands those, those new obligations, those new duties, support them to, to comply. And we've got some great, great materials available on our website, you know, local government-specific um, guidance to, to assist in that endeavour. Um, so I think we'll continue to, to work with local government. We'll continue to lift that standard as, um, as kind of regulator duty holder relationship. Of course, the other relationship we have with, with local government is as a co-regulator and working with local government around things like residential noise, um, septic, septic systems. Um, you know, so, so again, it's um, really strengthening that relationship, really leveraging the respective skills of the organisation. You know, and again, as we have um, in terms of the, the guidance material for, for council as a duty holder, we've also got a lot of support, supporting documents and arrangements there to, to really assist um, local councils in its role as a co-regulator too. I recall uh, in my time at Hobson's Bay being involved in an early uh, trial, if you like, of the offices for, for the protection of local environment program where you embedded EPA staff in particular councils to work on some of those, I guess, local wicked problems. Do you see that as the type of relationship that you want to have with local government going forward? I think the Opals is a fantastic a fantastic model and, and, and clearly um, government does too because we've received ongoing funding for that post the post the initial pilot. So um, in that project in, in or that program in, in specifically, you know, for, for me now it's it's post pilot working with local government to to really kind of co-design what is the mainstreaming of that program across, across local government look like. Um, it's a great program. Every, every uh, council I speak to, you know, I want my own Opal. So, you know, we've got to work out how do we, how do we deliver, you know, 
the best bang for our buck, if you like, for, from what is a really effective program. But to, to your specific point, I, I think it is a great model. It, and, you know, we're thinking about that model across a, a range of things um, and, and other areas that, that we work in. Simply, um, you know, really resourcing a strong partnership around local issues, drawing on that local knowledge and strength that local councils have and bringing in some of the expertise that EPA has. I, I think it's a good model. We swarm around problems. We, we, we really leverage our, our, our collective strengths and we, when we resource it appropriately. And I think, you know, the, the pilot of the Opals, um, I think it really evidences the benefit of that type of approach. Great. That's that's really positive to hear, Lee. Um, in, in terms of how local government goes about its, its business where it intersects with the EPA, is, is there anything that you'd like to see councils doing differently or uh, better? I, I think overall, um, you know, councils have really engaged well with EPA um, during that transformation and, and readying program, uh, process that I talked about earlier. Um, I think it's continuing that. Um, I'd like to continue to have an open, transparent relationship with, with councils where we are sharing information. Now, I know, you know, as a re people can be a bit nervous about you know, sharing everything with the regulator. Um, but I think we've, again, our, our commitment there is to educate, to support, to be proportionate in what we do. And I think fundamental for us, you know, to achieve those shared outcomes that I'm sure we all do, which is a stronger and healthier environment, you know, healthier communities, then open, honest, regular communications is going to be really important. Now, that's at the individual council, um, council to EPA level, but as a collective, I'd like to see how, how, we, how we do that, how we identify where there are perhaps gaps in the system, um, and that we, again, work together to address those. And again, a lot of that material that we put together um, to support councils in that co-regulator role was co-developed. You know, we did it together, and it's not us second-guessing or imposing um, our views of the world on council. It's asking the question, building that understanding and ultimately putting the best solution in place for, for everyone. So I think that's, I'd like to see that relationship and that approach really continue going forward. Lee, in terms of cultural change within the organisation that you're now leading, I, I, I guess, you know, the legislation brings about a need to do things a bit differently. How is that uh, change program going under a COVID sort of environment in and out of lockdowns, et cetera? That must be very challenging. Look, it is, it is challenging. And as, and as an organisation, um, we're really making, we've got to make quite a big, big shift. Um, you know, we've got to look at the capabilities we've got and really make sure that we do have th those right capabilities in the right place do doing the right things. Um, so a lot of work at the moment looking at our operating model and of course, you know, structure tends to be part of that. Um, but you're exactly right. C culture, I think, is is what um, organisations live and die by. Um, and, and you know, we've got to build that that culture of the modern agile regulator, um, really shifting from, as I said before, a, a response a response mode um, to to really broadening out the 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 skills, the tools, and how we use them. To, to be effective in, in preventing pollution and waste um, before it occurs. So, you know, focusing on our culture and getting the right cultural settings in the organisation is going to be, a, a, it is, it's a big focus. Um, of course, not being able to bring to get people together in a room and do those typical things you do um, early on in, in forming a team is, is always made uh, more challenging. But I, I, I will say, I think over the last 18 months, um, and certainly drawing on some of the, the, the approaches we had to take in, in 
building a team from scratch in, in BRV, I'm kind of applying some of that. I think we've we've learned to do things pretty well over o- online. Um, you know, I still miss the face-to-face, but you do what you can as best you can to achieve the outcomes you need to achieve. Well, it sounds like an exciting role, Lee. Wish you all the best with it. And uh, open invitation, uh, as you have things you'd like to share with the sector or discuss perhaps openly with the local government sector, please remember us at VLGA Connect and you'll always be welcome. Uh, Absolutely. And certainly appreciate the opportunity to talk to everyone today. So thank you very much, Chris. We hope you enjoyed that look back on one of the highlights of the year 2021 on VLGA Connect. There's more to come from our summer series, Best of Collection. I hope you can join us again soon. Thank you.